Choir directors are creative, resourceful, dedicated, and sometimes completely out of ideas. Not to worry, the Choir Ninja Podcast is here with solutions you never saw coming. Get ready for some training, wisdom, and inspiration from the masters. Let Ryan Guth guide your journey to becoming a Choir Ninja. Hey there, Choir Nation. This is Ryan Guth with the Choir Ninja Podcast, and I'm very happy to be sharing with you today my journey in an episode entitled 10 Things I Learned as a Veteran Director in a New School. Now, for those of you who've been following my journey for the last couple years, I actually started off in Princeton, New Jersey, moved to Manhattan, took a year off of public education, and then I moved to Albuquerque, New Mexico, where I met my wonderful fiance, and I am uh, rounding up the year. Uh, we're rounding up my contract. Actually, I've actually finished um, teaching uh, for a year in Albuquerque at a high school. So um, this has been a really interesting year, and in that it's a very different culture. Um, New Jersey versus New Mexico are, are just hugely different. And when people first started um, getting to know me, they're like, "Wow, you're from New Jersey. You moved from New York. Um, what's wow? That must be really a crazy culture shock." And I was like, "Ah, no, it's fine. It's you know, kids are kids, no matter where they where you go, you know." But um, looking back in hindsight, it really was quite a large culture shock. So I do want to talk about some of those things that have to do with you know bringing. Uh, yourself into a brand new program, potentially a brand new state, maybe moving across the state or even just a different district. There are a lot of uh, commonalities between all those different things. Um, But I'm going to be speaking to you about my own experience and the 10 things I learned as a veteran director in a brand new school. But first, I need to take a moment to say thank you to two of our sponsors. First of all, we have MyMusicFolders.com. MyMusicFolders.com is your one-stop shop for all things musical folders. Uh, That is choral folders. That could be band and orchestra folders. And uh, MyMusicFolders.com is run out of Montana by a lovely couple named John and Robin Rose. And I think that they're the nicest people ever. And I will give them my business for as long as I possibly can. And one thing I have to, of course, mention about sponsors for the Choir Ninja podcast is that uh, Choir Ninja sponsors are people that I will use myself. These are people that I trust. Uh, these are people that do great business. These are people that I believe in. So um, I would not let Choir Nation buy music folders from anyone else but mymusicfolders.com. And they are actually working with me right now on a prototype folder for choir nation that is going to be called the choir ninja like ultimate folder we haven't chosen the name just yet but it is going to be the swiss army knife of folders and we're actually taking uh 
really we're taking polls in the Choir Nation Facebook group on what kind of features should be invo- involved with that folder. So if you go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Choir Nation, you can jump in and you could give us suggestions for what you think the ultimate Choir Ninja folder would have. And they'll actually gonna, they're actually going to produce this folder uh, for Choir Nation. So again, it's mymusicfolders.com. If you enter the promo code NINJA when you check out, then what John and Robin will do is give you the last column pricing, which means the lowest possible price for whatever quantity you buy. You don't need to buy the 100 plus quantity in order to receive that that discount. You'll actually receive that no matter what you buy. So if you head on over to mymusicfolders.com, Uh, and type in the promo code NINJA when you check out, you'll get that best possible pricing. And secondly, sightreadingfactory.com has been a faithful sponsor since we started the Choir Ninja show. So if you go to sightreadingfactory.com and type in the promo code NINJA, you will get 10 free student accounts. Now, if you don't know what sightreadingfactory.com is, it is a generator for sight singing examples, but it actually does work with all different instrumentations as well. So notice it's not sight singing factory, it's sight reading factory. You can have examples for piano, for cello, violin, cor- string quartet, wind ensemble, um, Obviously, SA Choir, SSA Choir, SATB Choir. You can have all different configurations. And then you choose the specifications for that sight reading example, whether it's uh, I want a SA example in the key of E flat in 3-4 time with a difficulty rating of 3 out of 6. And what you do is just click generate and it will create a sight singing example just for your choir based on the specifications. This is using a sophisticated computer algorithm. Now, if you want another example, you don't need to go back and do all that again. You just click the button and it'll make a brand new example for you in a split second. And then when you want to change the specifications, you can just go back, tweak a couple things and and there you have it. It's, it's, it's as easy as that. It's just a few button presses and you will have a brand new original sight singing example for your choir. Now I've used this throughout my last school year and with great success. And I spent at least five to 10 minutes every single rehearsal with Sight Reading Factory. Right after warmups, we do a sight reading. Uh, and if you want to know a little bit about that, you need to go back to the very first episodes of the Choir Ninja podcast um, when we transitioned from Find Your Forte to, to Choir Ninja. And that was back in February of 2017. There's an episode there on how to teach sight singing with Chris Munts and John Duncan. So go ahead and check that out and you'll be walked through how they use Sight Reading Factory every day for success in their choral classroom. So head there to sightreadingfactory.com and type in the promo code NINJA and you will get not only your account, which is only $35 at this at this point in time, and I keep telling them they got to raise their prices, and you will get 10 free student accounts so you can share um, 
sight reading factory with your students. And you can buy as many student accounts as you want uh, if you want to use that budget money um, before the end of the year. So uh, go there to sightreadingfactory.com and mymusicfolders.com and use that promo code NINJA. All right, Choir Nation, let's jump into today's episode. This is 10 Things I Learned as a Veteran Director in a New School. And Stevie Berryman is here to interview me. Hey, Stevie. Hey there, ninjas. So, uh, Stevie, I'll let you make the introduction. And you can, you can, I guess, interview me. And I will respond um, using my 10 bullet points that I've already predetermined for this episode. <laughs> Well, I will I will try to act surprised as we go through this list. <laughs> I shared it with her ahead of time, guys. Okay. <laughs> but this is, I think, a really great topic for this time of year as teachers are preparing to take new roles in new schools. We had a great episode just, just recently with uh, Beth Ritchie Sullivan, which touched on some of these same issues, but this is a little broader in scope. I would Correct. say so. Yes, I would say so. All right. So coming into a new position, um, especially one that's quite a bit different than what you've had before. So you you changed everything. You changed state. You changed grade level that you were teaching. Um, just everything about this position is different than what came before. So what's your number one takeaway that you've learned in this past year of being thrown into a, a, a whole new uh, world of choral directing? Well, so number one, I would say, is to keep your ambition in check, which could also be known as don't make changes too soon. Uh, you know, if you listen to the Choir Ninja podcast, you're clearly an ambitious director. But when you go to a new school, you need to be careful um, not to come in guns a-blazing and, and begin to make to make changes and do things the way you want to do it right off the bat, because, um, you, I think it's maybe you can handle that jarring change moving from, a, from state to state or, uh, from school to school or grade level to a different, a different set of grades. But, um, the kids are, uh, in a different state, you know, not mentally, not <laughs> physically, um, but in a different state mentally than you, they're not as, as, equipped to handle change that drastically. Um, and there's already an established culture where you are and they're used to doing certain things. They have certain routines. So you need to, you know, change increment, you know, in small increments uh, throughout the year. So if they all joined choir, looking forward to the pop concert, that's always at the end of the year, maybe not say on day one, well, we're not doing a pop concert this year. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't mean you have to do the pop concert. It just means that, that it's, it's going to take um, some time before you have their trust and that you can address that pop concert and say, you know, I have an equally as amazing idea. But that might not happen until February. Um, well, won't, it won't happen in September. That's your second point then on our list. Is that trust takes time. Trust takes time. It, it takes time to develop trust. And, and you know, you could, be, um, you could be the greatest choral director in the world and you could have, you know, people that know of your work far and wide. And we have lots of those people in Choir Nation that do amazing work, that have 
presented at national conferences that you know that do that have been on the episode the, the podcast multiple times uh, or that you know have all these professional accolades under their belt but the kids don't know that and the kids could care less all they care about is making sure that they have a chance to sing in choir and do something that they enjoy doing uh, so we're not going to have a podcast episode from you that's five easy steps to establish trust your first week. We're not going to get that. I don't No, I don't think it's possible. Um, maybe that already happened uh, in one of the previous episodes, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I, I don't, I don't think that that's, I, I think you can establish rapport the first week, but I don't think you can necessarily establish trust the first week. You can begin. I think trust begins with rapport. Okay, so how do you start establishing that rapport, which will lead to trust? What do you need to do in class? Well, I think that that transitions perfectly to point number three, Stevie, which is talk less, sing more. And, uh, you know... This is hard for you. This is it's, it's hard for me, and but, you know, Westminster Choir College's motto is spectum more agendo, which is let us be judged by our deeds. And... and so when you come in and you demonstrate your skill, uh, you are in a much better place than if you just tell people how awesome you are. <laughs> so, but, but for me, it's, it's no, my, my weakness is, is, is being a lecturer. Um, you know, not so much boasting or bragging, um, cause I think I'm over that point in my life, but, uh, but you yeah, know, I'm a lecturer. I talk about like, this is pedagogically why this is a great thing for you to be doing right now. Uh, and sometimes you, we need to be just doing that thing, not talking about doing that thing. So right. action speaks louder than words. Well, and it all comes down, all that singing. I mean, it, it, the proof is in the concerts. That's, that's what you're, you're working towards. That's your goal, correct? That's true. And that's number four, which is concerts are your time to establish yourself in the community. And the, the, the point being yourself. This is where you get to put your mark um, in the program. You get to sign this piece of art as, as, as something that you, as the creative mind behind your choral program, um, put together. Now, of course, the students get, get, get all the credit for singing and all that sort of stuff. And this is, and the concerts are not about you. But what I'm saying is, if you want to add your signature to the choral program right off the bat, the best place to start is with a well-planned, well-executed concert. And that's what you do. That's your strength. You come in, you can plan and execute a concert with, I mean, that's, that's where you have your hero status. Sure. Yeah. I mean, for me this year, this was the highlight of the year. These multiple, multiple times throughout the year, it was the concerts and it was something that I could say that I was very proud of each time. And, um, and the community was like, holy crap, what was that? You know, I mean, it was like, I guess it was something they had never seen, you know, maybe coming from the Northeast and, being so close to high production value all the time, you know, maybe that was just, maybe I was at a competitive advantage. I don't know. But, um, 
uh, that's something I do well, and it was it was a it was a, a great chance to um, establish uh, trust and credibility with with the community and stakeholders in the community as well. Well, and doing something and and being successful at it is a way to build trust. So that's a good place to to put your energies and in, into making the changes that you can make. But you can't change everything. We talked about that in point one, and that also comes up to your next point. Yep. Choose your battles. Number five, choose your battles. Uh, you can't fight on multiple fronts. You, you can't. And if you're operating your program from a defensive posture, then you're soaking up all of your mental energy to do proactive things for your program, you know, cause you're always, you're always clawing your way out of the trenches. If you're, if you're, if you're choosing to fight the battles that you shouldn't choose uh, to fight. So um, um, you want to make sure that you, you, you know, you have thick enough skin to let some things roll off your back uh, and you only, you know, really choose to go after certain things once you've, calmed from the emotional state that it that situation may have put you in and i think if there's anything that i've learned from you know my late 20s early 30s um is like learn to sit with emotion and learn to sit with whatever feeling you have because because if you're set off by something um chances are the options that you have in your head with how to react and how to deal with that situation um, are severely limited when you're emotional. And when you take a step back and you sit for 20 minutes, an hour, the next day, you will have uh, a plethora of additional options available uh, in your brain with how to deal with the situation. And potentially, one of those options is let it slide. Yeah. Sometimes the things that you think are battles coming at you aren't. Lots of times they don't have anything to do with you. They have to do with either the student in your class and what they're going through or the administrator and what they're going through. And, and you're just a recipient of some very bad timing, perhaps. Um, yeah. It doesn't always have to be a fight coming to your door. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if you think about the administrator's job, um, you know, in the 21st century, since pretty much parents have overrun schools, uh, <laughs> at least some, some of them that I've had experience with, you know, um, parent, you know, I mean, a lot of administrators kind of roll over because they are the, um, they're like the lost luggage department, you know, at the airport. They just get crap all day. And so when they come to you with something, um, chances are you don't need to take it personally because it's probably just coming from a, a you know, a, a place um, of distress on their part and just trying to keep things uh, calm for themselves over on their end. Right. And there are some situations that you won't even be aware of the dynamics that are fueling it because you're in a new school, you're well, in a new culture. Right. It's true. It's true. Um, it's also your point number six. Yeah, I, I, my point number six is new state, new culture. Um, when this could be new school, new culture too. So I mean, you could you could definitely adapt it for sc new school, new district, new state. 
um, new culture and new director, new culture, you know, because the, you know, there's each individual program has a culture too. So, um, for me, it was a severe change because it was going from state to state, like a very high expectations program in New Jersey where parents make education a priority and their motive parents motivate their kids by saying, you better get an A, <laughs> you know, um, or else we're taking everything away from you. Um, versus a state where, where parents m- might not make education that big of a priority for their kids because it wasn't a priority for them growing up. So, um, that's not, that's not everybody's case, but it's a, it's a lot of cases, um, um, where I taught. So, um, just understanding that, that you're going to have to figure out new ways to motivate your students um, because the ways that worked in your last situation uh, are not going to work in your new situation, or many of them won't. Right. So once again, it's kind of sit back, take the time, um, explore the situation. What's one of the ways that you can do that? Give us an example. Well, one example would be my point seven, which is having non-classroom bonding experiences. One of what the, does that mean? Well, one of the first things I did this year was I took a group of students to the local amusement park. Uh, it was just like a weekend trip. Anybody who wants to go, just meet us there. And we'll, you know, it wasn't like an official trip, but it was just, okay, we have this little place um, that was actually featured in Breaking Bad <laughs> um, that, <laughs> that is an amusement park and they have laser tag and bumper, bumper boats and, and stuff. Sure. And uh, I just took the kids there. I mean, I didn't take them. I met them there and, and everybody paid their own way. It was like no big deal. And, and it was a chance for me to see how the kids interact with each other outside of school. And I got to learn about like New Mexican traditions and things like, what the hell is green chili? Like, that's a thing here. Like everything is green chili on everything. You know, um, I remember the time I was eating, um, pinon, which are these nuts that come out of the, the, you know, pine trees, um, up in the, uh, the mountainy areas. And I was, I bought pinon thinking I was like this cool New Mexican guy. And they're, they're these, you know, Pinon are pine nuts, essentially, right? And right. they come in a jar, and they're roasted. So they have like sort of a black look to them because um, they are roasted. And I'm just popping these suckers in my mouth as my concert choir comes in, and I'm you know crunching on these things, and they're you know they're quite loud um, to eat. And they were like, "Mr. Guth, why are you eating them with the shells on?" You know. <laughs> just like i am i am destroying my teeth right now you know eating these pine nuts with it with the with the the shells on they're like no do it like this you know like i'm like wow okay things i need to learn about being a new mexican you know so so i mean there's a lot of you know this is just a couple examples but but you learn those things um, in in class, but you you probably learn them more outside, and you learn more about about what's important to the kids socially, um, and you learn more about their stories. You know, they'll talk to you individually about you know their family and their upbringing, and um, you'll get to learn 
Um, you'll get to meet their parents when they, you know, when they pick their kids up and, and that kind of stuff. So it makes a ton of sense to do something really early in the year that has nothing to do with choir and everything to do with just seeing your students in their natural habitat, so to speak. Sure. Absolutely. And and keep doing them through the year because one of the biggest issues that I had, I, I'm sorry to, to cut back in, but one of the biggest issues I had that persisted throughout the year was that there were, there's such a large spread of students, you know, ninth grade through 12th grade in my high level ensemble. They, uh, many of them are still saying, I don't really feel like I know such and such across the room. And so perhaps in hindsight, we should have had more of those experiences. And sometimes you need to do ones that are free as well. Yes. Because not every kid can afford, you know, the 30 bucks for the pass at the amusement park for the day. Um, My children are both in orchestra and one in middle school and one in high school. And they have a multitude of social events for their orchestras. And some of them cost money. Hey, we're going to the water park. Hey, we're, we're going to the arcade. Um, but some of them are, Hey, we're going to meet in the orchestra room and watch a Disney movie, bring snacks. Like, right. So, yeah. That I mean, that's great. Or like, yeah, we're going to go to the park, uh, or something like that and play, you know, play Frisbee, ultimate Frisbee or something. Yeah. I mean, there are, there are so many free things that you could do. Um, yeah. To utilize the resources you already have at school or just to utilize, you know, the beauty around you. Um, in New Mexico, it's, it's very, it's a very beautiful place to live. So, I mean, we could take a hike, you know, you know, a short hike together and, and probably have a great experience as well. So, um, definitely something to think about. Well, I just got back from choir camp, um, and choir rehearsal there is great. We always have a wonderful clinician and it's fabulous, but you don't actually get to know the people inquire with you aside from the people who are sitting immediately around you. That's the only people that you get to know, but every night there's an ice cream social for the adult choir. And the ice cream is not the important part <laughs> the, important part is the social mm-hmm. part of the ice cream social because everyone gets together and you're around these tiny little tables and your space is kind of tight and you know, Oh, come on, there's room. You can scoot in here and you get to talk to people that you don't, sit by that aren't in your section um, sure. and you get to know them on, in a very different way apart from the music. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I completely agree. And I, I think you're more musical when and you're more able to be vulnerable when you, you're connect, when you're more connected and you're more social with the people around you. So, right. That building trust. Mm hmm. So moving on, what's your next point? Uh, Embrace your predecessor, Uh, meaning you you need to understand that that some of the things that the person before you brought to the table were good things. You know, some of the things were good things. Maybe a lot of the things were good things, but um, because just because they weren't your things doesn't mean they weren't good things. Um, So this probably ties back to um, you know keeping your your ambition and check and don't making not make changes too soon. Um, you also need to understand that, that yeah, a lot of the things when the student, a student says so-and-so did it this way, well, that might've been the right way for that school. 
um, for that for that system to work. So um, I was always inquiring about how my predecessor did did certain things. Um, like, please tell me. Like, so just take all the guesswork out of it for me. Um, so don't feel like you need to reinvent the wheel. Very good. Well, in addition to embracing your predecessor, you have um, you have some students in your class that are going to do things a little bit differently as well. Absolutely, yeah. And so it's it's this is a out loud and in your head um, rule, which is don't compare your new students to your former students, especially uh, in my case. You know, I I came from a um, a program that I established over the course of nine years. And I had kids that sang ridiculous music by the time they were in eighth grade um, that I had, that, that my kids this year would never, would never be able to sing. And, but you shouldn't look down on your new students because they can't do the things that your old students used to do. Um, it's, those things take time. It's, those things take time. Could, will they be able to do it? Yeah, sure. Eventually, you work your magic over the next six years. You know, you'll be able to, you'll be able to do it. But um, you need to have realistic expectations and realize that um, these are they're still kids. They're still malleable. They still they still are capable. And you don't you don't um, and there it's apples and oranges. There's no reason to compare at all. It's got to be frustrating, though. Yeah, sure. I mean, because if you're certain to a, if you're accustomed to a certain level of music making, and of course we as musicians draw a certain amount of our identity from the level of music that we're able to create, yeah, that's really frustrating. And but you have to catch your tongue when you're about to tell a story about how awesome your last choir was. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so don't compare your new students to your former students. And the corollary to that is... Don't compare yourself to the previous director. And this goes for the rock star director. And it also goes for, like, if if you took over from somebody that had a, a bad experience at that, at that program. Um, I replaced two teachers back when I started teaching that were fired. I had a teacher that lasted two years, was fired. Another teacher lasted two years, was fired. And I was the third director in five years. Wow. Um, um, but the, the, the danger in comparing yourself even to people who weren't a rock star in the program is that that's really, it's really easy for that to go to your head. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll make ego-based decisions and not not decisions that are in the best interest of of the kids, the choir, the program, the community, and things like that. So there's an external component to this, and that's the embrace your predecessor and don't make all these changes right away and, you know, invalidate your students' prior experience. But there's this internal component, good or bad, don't compare yourself to the previous director, you yourself and your own self-evaluation. Yeah. Because it's not helpful. <laughs> well, and you need to have, I mean, you, you need to have your own personal value proposition as well. Um, and this is something that I'll be talking about in my keynote uh, at the Iowa State um, Choral Directors Summer Symposium in July. 
uh, which is, which is, you know, understanding the value and, you know, your unique value. Um, you'll never need to compare anybody to yourself to anybody if you're confident in what you bring to the table. Not cocky, but you're confident in that special thing you bring to the table. And for me, it's, it's, it's great concerts. Um, and so if, you, if you're able to sort of filter all the things you do through that thing you do well, um, then you'll never feel the need to either internally or externally compare yourself to anybody else. Colleagues, predecessor, whomever. That sounds great. Yeah. So that's it. That's a, that's my 10. Let me just run down them again for Choir Nation. Uh, number one, keep your ambition in check slash don't make changes too soon. Number two is trust takes time. Number three is talk less, sing more. Number four is concerts are your time to establish yourself in the community. Number five is choose your battles. Number six is new state equals new culture. Number seven is non-classroom bonding experiences. Number eight is embrace your predecessor. Number nine is don't compare your new students to your former students. And lastly, number 10 is don't compare yourself to the previous director. All right. I think that's a pretty solid plan for new teachers in the fall. Yeah. I mean, this is good for veteran teachers. This is probably good for new teachers stepping into a program. Um, but I think it, it holds more weight for the veterans because, you know, we're, we, they're sort of used to doing things their way and they're going to have to move um, to a new place and potentially not have everything their way right off the bat. So, uh, but it's valuable for, for, you know, both um, veterans and new teachers for choral directors, for instrumental directors. So um, choir nation, if you know anybody that would benefit from this episode, text it to them. Um, You can, if you're on your phone, you can go to choir.ninja forward slash one, one, two for episode 112 and there's a little there's a little SMS button, and you can actually just share the link to this episode with somebody that you think would would find it valuable. Um, that's what I would do. Um, if you scroll down, um, you'll see the SMS button. You'll see Facebook. You'll see Twitter, and all sorts of other social media buttons. And just uh, send it to somebody you think would benefit from it, because I know not everybody is switching. Uh, to, to a new school this year, but I know a lot of people would benefit. Um, other things, Stevie, we have a couple sponsors we need to thank, thank again. Um, My Music Folders and Sight Reading Factory. I talked about them at the beginning of the episode in great detail. Um, the promo code NINJA is what you need to know for both of those. And uh, they support the show. And if you are not able to be a patron um, at patreon.com forward slash choir ninja, then I would just ask that you would spend a little bit of your budget uh, and support my sponsors, which are, like I said, sightreadingfactory.com and mymusicfolders.com. Ryan, thank you for being a guest on the Choir Ninja podcast today. Well, thanks, Stevie. Thank you for being the host of the (laughs) Choir Ninja podcast today. You're gonna you're gonna say something? 
I'm 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 brain dead. I don't know. All right. <laughs> no, this is this is great. I think we could just end it here. Wait, wait. We can't just end it like back and just have it awkward silence and then go to your tag. Can we do that? We could. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sounds sounds good. Thanks. <laughs> Quiet ninja. <laughs> and there that's it that's and cut